Okay, so we're zooming into a new year, zooming onto Zoom, and zooming straight into chaos. <laughs> Happy 2021. What a heck of a kickoff to this <laughs> Fuster. <laughs> this real Fuster clock. <laughs> Surprise, you wake up, it's January 2021, and then you realize, oh wait, no, you, you scrub it off, and it's like, no, it's 2020, part, part two. two electric boogaloo <laughs> it's like it's a never-ending stream of bullcrap and welcome one and all on youtube and in podcast land you are listening to the tangent kings roll it Welcome one and all to the Tangent Kings podcast. I am, of course, G. Michael Francis, and I am here with my partner in crime, my felon from another melon, Mr. Chetcha Biggs. How you doing tonight, sir? Uh, I self-identify as a sandwich man today. Oh, dear uh, God. You, you, <laughs> you just see this now. <laughs> no, I saw it. I just didn't know you were actually going to... I'm just gonna. I'm just committed. It's just like, I didn't realize I was going to do this. And then it's just like, that's the way it is. It's like part of your gut's like, should I do it? And the other part of your gut's like, do it. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. What a freaking black hole this past week has been. <laughs> oh, you don't need to tell me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Woo, boy, not just work, but oh, my God. What what the hell is going on in the Capitol? Yeah. Who? Uh, our sacred union. The sacred religious icon, iconography of our institution has been vandalized. I'm just like, yeah, it's, I, I appreciate tradition, but it's not a holy shrine. Like, maybe dial it back, CNN. Like, just breathe. <laughs> Screaming doesn't make it better. Stop it. <laughs> no, it doesn't make it better at all. No, but yeah, uh, for either side. Oh, well, no, of course. I mean, in, and in serious, though. So let's let's assume this. Let's assume that we've got like five guys in the back who are just joining us and they're wondering, I didn't watch the news, but I'm getting I'm hearing this first from JJ Bank Sandwich Man, a.k.a. the most handsome man in the universe. And <laughs> I'm not that I'm hearing this first time. What exactly happened in the Capitol? Well, Actually, I'm going to let you take that one because my mind is just going ding, 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 ding at the moment. So ding, ding, bomb balls. Yeah. All right. So for those of you unaware, uh, about a few weeks ago on Twitter, uh, President Donald J. Trump announced that they were he announced he, he wanted a Patriot rally on on January 6, 2021, where he it was basically to protest, like all have all the Trump supporters from around the country come to DC and protest and make their voices heard that uh, to protest the vote of the getting certified of certification of the electoral college for uh, Joe Biden. And the reason why he said this and the reason why he's been pushing so hard is because there's been an, an enormous amount of fraudulence in the elections, which we've kind of briefly touched on uh, to some degree in the past a few episodes. Um, more and more evidence keeps coming out. A lot of people, a lot, some of my friends have said there's no evidence of, of fraudulence. It's a, it's a, or there's, or fine, there's fraudulence, but the narrative went from like, there's no fraudulence to some fraudulence to, okay, there's, there's plenty of it, but there's not enough to overturn the results. And then they just said, well, um, just certify the results. We're not going to, we're not going to discuss this anymore kind of thing. Um, all the Trump cases, majority of them, if not all of them, were dismissed at the court level. They weren't even heard, especially at the Supreme Court. 20 states were involved in the suit, in the Texas suit, for example, of overturning the results of the election just simply because of the amount, the sheer scale of the fraudulence. Um, one of the, I'll, I'll show some graphs um, in one of the upcoming podcasts. I'll have a, a picture cut out of it. Um, but anyway, so that's all kind of leading up to it. So Trump's at a point where it's like, okay, 
I, this is fraud. Joe Biden getting in is illegitimate because if I won these states that Joe Biden supposedly narrowly won by, I would have won the election um, because a lot of them were swing states. And so flash forward to January 6th, 5th and 6th, uh, enormous amount of people showed up in D.C. And there were clashes with the police, for example, at certain areas, um, an enormous amount of people. And then Trump was there at the rally and he was just talking about how. I didn't catch his what he said at the rally, for example, but he wasn't he wasn't inciting violence. He was just saying, you know, we're you know, he said we're we're, we're going to keep fighting. We're going to keep going. This isn't over, obviously, um, but this is kind of, he's kind of in terms of holding on to the presidency uh, politically. Everyone's effectively turned on him. Um, the GOP, for sure, they almost capitulated um, in the span of a few weeks. They really didn't effectively fight this at all. Uh, in terms of the fraudulence of the election, they turned on him pretty quick, especially uh, after the Texas lawsuit. Um, Ted Cruz uh, voted in the session on on November 6th to uh, object to the uh, certifying the election results, but he was like, five other senators objected to it, and everyone else said, yeah, let's just, um, let's not, let, let's certify Joe Biden as, as president-elect. And uh, anyway, so needless to say, that that's kind of the events leading up to it. And what kind of happened during it? Um, what's in terms of what actually happened during the these these pro, these uh, protests or riots? In some cases, it was there's still a lot of fog of war on it. And what I mean by that is, a lot of details are coming out because a lot of it is we just don't know what the f happened. Uh, there's a timeline if you go into LotusEaters.com. I believe they have a timeline up. Um, that's by Sargon of Akkad, Carl Benjamin. Go on to LotusEaters.com. They have a article where they uh, have a timeline, uh, a timestamp of each of, of the, the timeline of the events leading up to uh, the take the uh, um, when protesters or rioters uh, broke into the Capitol building. And here's the here's kind of the tricky thing where it kind of gets hard to kind of figure out what's going on, because depending on who you're listening to, you're he very here hearing two very different stories. Right. If you're listening to MSNBC, if you're listening to CNN, basically any mainstream media outlet, as well as anything on social media, um, or anything that's left-leaning, it's basically, it's all lockstep. It's one view, and the view is that this was a domestic terror attack when these rioters basically broke into the state capitol, and they were in some of the offices, they were knocking over papers, uh, during, and they were, there was a couple of cases where, so there were some people who were dressed as some Trump supporters, breaking in and, or breaking windows, for example, followed by other Trump supporters or people who are also dressed as Trump supporters stopping them. There were, there's a picture, there was um, a guy who was, I believe his name, I believe he's identified as Q, the, uh, Q, it's a Buffalo man, the guy with the big Buffalo hat on. He had a face painted like it was American flag and a bunch of QAnon uh, uh, tattoos on Haley my friend mentioned to me that he's got this he's gotten these Norse tattoos and he's got this Molnir necklace and she's part of some like she's part of certain groups where they're just like man can you believe this guy and he's Nordic you know obviously if you're Norse you must be some kind of a fascist and she's just like no no it's not the same thing like chill out guys and they, they these people weren't listening to him so anyway they, they breached the capitol building during the scuffle some police were just totally overwhelmed there were reports of police um in some cases, holding back the crowds in those cases where there's video of police seemingly letting protesters just walk right in, which is like, that's interesting. Um, there was a shoot, there was guns drawn by some police officers where protesters were trying to get in and a Air Force, a Air Force veteran had been shot uh, fatally in the neck and she bled out. Um, I, yeah, I think her name was Ashy, Ashley Blot, I believe her name was off the top of my head. I, I, don't, I, I don't recall exactly what it was, but it was Ashley. And she had been fatally wounded. Um, some, I think there were a, a few officers that were, uh, that were injured and or killed. I'm not sure about the details of the casualties right now, but it was something to that effect. It was very, it, surprisingly for the scale of the people that were there is very minimal, surprisingly. Um, and there's also video footage that showed two very different stories. Depending on what video footage you're looking at, you're going to see violent protesters or violent rioters. And the other footage, you're going to see a bunch of like, you see Buffalo man standing in the freaking Senate going, ah! and then you've got a guy by the name of baked Alaska who used to work for Buzzfeed. He's the guy who's, who's, he walked into one of the conference rooms, uh, pulls up a phone. He, 
pulls up the phone. He says, dude, let's call, let's call our bro, Donald Trump, man. Dude, let's dude, We could call Donald Trump, bro. And it's like, it's like a bunch of like stupid frat boys pretty much. Right. Mm. And I apologize to frat boys out there, but this is, <laughs> he's so stupid. He makes frat boys look dumb and the line's been cut. So it's like, well, a lot of good that did. So a lot of mayhem going on. Uh, not a lot of, not as much, like not little to no damage to the Capitol building, like a lot less than you might expect. And if you follow, and then, so then anyways, the protesters dispersed, uh, Carl Benjamin on Sargon, uh, Sargon of Akkad Lotus Eaters. He said that what's interesting, if you watch the video footage over of the, of the people that were in there, they kind of look like they're wandering around aimlessly. Like, I don't really know what we're doing here. They were like, Oh, cool. Take pictures. We're in the state Capitol right now. Some guy stole the podium for the yeah, speaker of the that. house. <laughs> And I'm just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like a lot at first, I first saw this two, like a day or two ago and I'm like, oh man, that's chilling. But then I was rewatching some of this over and I was like, these guys are like, they, they, they're acting like they're just having a good time. Like they're not doing crap. It's just like, bro, you take the podium, bro. And it's just like, what is this nonsense? So um, CNN has been saying this is like a coup, is a coup attempt. Um, there, I have some sources here that I want to kind of talk that kind of add some nuance to the discussion. Um, mm-hmm. And also just in some cases kind of uh, just contradict the narrative we're being, we're being told by social media right now, which social media has taken a very, very hard stance on this as well as just the, the, the Democratic Party's taken a very hard stance on this. And there's, there's a lot more details about that we'll get to later. But just for now, that's kind of just overall the thing that's happening right now, up till now. And there's more details I can add, but that's kind of just the overall framework from what I've kind of gathered from watching a lot of uh, Tim Pool, um, watching a little bit of InfoWars and checking some of uh, Tim Pool's sources for myself as well as Lotus Eaters. So that's kind of the overall what's going on. That's what I've seen. But uh, Mike, what have you seen? Well, I... Honestly, I haven't been able to follow it much, you know, between family life and, and work. But from what I could tell, from what I could see, uh, even though, you know, yes, damage may be minimal, the, the, whole, like, the whole idea of storming the Capitol was, uh, to be blunt, stupid. I mean, I, the way I see it, you know, as far as these... Uh, uh, what would be a good uh, the uh, capital stormers? But yeah, you you just gave the or these guys just gave the left the ammunition they wanted. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, the confrontation and the struggle was inevitable anyway. Yeah, but that doesn't mean you that doesn't mean you can do something that'll just give them the rope they'll use to hang you. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, uh, you should have seen me a couple days ago. I was fuming. Yeah. And you know, I've I've also been hearing, oh, well, you know, there were actually Antifa ag- agitators who were uh, who actually started the whole thing. That doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're the side that that supposedly promotes law and order, we should know better. Because at best, you know, that shows little to no control over one's emotions, mm-hmm. which is not a very good thing. Mm-hmm. Whether in life and politics, etc. Yeah, you know, on a on a, it's interesting you mentioned that too because on a more serious note, uh, with with regards to the stormtrooper on the Capitol, like, <laughs> it, but you know, in in seriousness though, it's like I think the thing that's just so frustrating about not just the election but like some of the undercone with this. And so I'm not going to make the mistake and say, oh, well, you know, riots are just the voice of the unheard. Cause I'm like, look, I'm not going to, cause that's been used to justify BLM and Antifa. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. do that. And I'm not going to do this here as well. But with that being said, what the point I want to make and bring up is that this really should have been resolved in the Supreme court. Like the Supreme court really should have heard the case. Mm-hmm. You should have heard this on so, these courts should have. Uh, and I agree. The you know... they, they should have heard it because you don't have to, you don't have to agree in Trump's favor, but you have to do something here, especially when 20 states are involved. And then supposedly 20 states of the other way are, are trying to fight it as well. And, and well, even if and even if it turns out that Biden won it fair and square, that just gives it more credibility. Right, right. That's exactly right. Is that the reason why we have one of the rules of the Supreme Court is to, 
I know the justices said, or seven of the justices said, well, this is out of our, this is out of Texas's jurisdiction. It's like, well, it's a state by state conflict. And the reason why we're a union is because we're all agreeing to play by the same rules. If enough states are cheating that it affects the, the game for everybody, well, why shouldn't every state cheat, right? And so I know that a lot of this, the Supreme Court, you know, they, nobody wants to decide an election, but it, because they're scared of the writers, but it's like the reason why, if you don't resolve this here, the case at least, right? People are just going to be absolutely livid, and that and that's what happened. They're they're livid. They're upset. They they jet. I, I think in a lot of cases they don't feel like they they they've been shut down systematically. You know, you not only do you have their a lot of these a lot of conservative Trump supporters, they've been banned and censored on social media. And just even after falling the Capitol events, they've been actively persecuted and just outright don't ban 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 ban. Like on social media, for example, I mean, just for example, Trump's been just outright banned and he's, he's still the president of the United States and no, he wasn't inciting violence. And we'll get to that in a second, but just for on, the, on that tangent, Twitter, for example, Oops. Twitter, oh, go ahead. Um, Twitter, for example, banned 60,000 users in the last few days. They banned these people, just outright killed the accounts. And I'm just like, when you keep censoring people, when you're saying, no, you don't get to have a voice, you don't get to say anything, just shut up, just shut up, just shut up. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to engage with anyone. Or just for example, there's there's stories of police officers of giving firsthand accounts. There's this black officer in Portland, just for example, he was saying, when I would try to talk to the protesters to see what was going on, some of the people would start talking and then like a, like a white girl would come in or like a white guy would come in and like steer the protesters away and say, oh, no, don't talk to the police, don't talk to the police. And it's like, they're, you're repeatedly shut down. Like you're not only just unperson, but it's like, you're not allowed to speak. And it's like, well, you're, you're making it not only difficult to actually have a discussion and like figure out what's going on and non-violently resolve things, number one. But number two, it's like when you're not able to even talk about, like, just let me take a brief personal example. When people feel like when they're yelling and they feel like you're listening to them and you're repeating back to them what they're saying, they say, oh, I feel heard. And they start to calm down. But when people are upset and you just keep defending yourself or keep throwing something in their face they don't feel like you're listening they're trying to get you to listen to them and so they get more upset and unless they're a fanatic which in this case fanatics are just going to keep going and going going no matter what you say or people with some people with borderline personality disorder they're wound up with a tantrum they're going to keep going like in the case of my mom just a personal example but most people will calm down when they feel like they've been heard and if you keep doing it where you're you have no ability to even discuss or put out your own views out there it just, it creates tension and people build up with that. So I think, and plus that, and plus just with so much of the lockdowns this past year and the double standards with protests by the media, it's it's a, it's building up. It's not just one thing. It's like all this is culminating together to like this social unrest and it's just only going to get worse. So that's the problem. Not that I'm, mind you, justifying what these, what the protesters have done. I don't think Storm of the Capitol did gain anything for them. Exactly what you said, As a Mike, matter of fact, it probably lost a lot more than it yeah. gained it kicked a, a the hornet's more than... it, it, it kicked the hornet's nest oh it didn't just kick the hornet's nest you i think it more or less kicked the lubyanka if you want to yeah. use the analogy of kicking a nest uh yeah for the record for those of you who aren't historically attuned the lubyanka is or was the headquarters of the kgb ah yes yep yep for those of you who are not socially attuned to what he does. Historically. Historically. <laughs> For those of you who are not with it, with the current trends. Okay, you know that wasn't what I was trying to say. I, I know, but I had, I had to jump on that just a little bit. But um, you'll be getting me back for, you'll be teasing me in a second anyways. But that's the whole point. It's like, it's like, it's just what you said. It's, I, yes, it's being blown out of proportion, but at the same time, it's like, this is everything the left needs to do this, like the persecution. And also the thing is too, they have control of everything right now. Um, maybe mm -hmm. not the Senate. It's about halfway. About no, 50, they, 50 they do have control of the Senate. Oh, really? Because, you know, because oh, Loeffler, uh, one of the two from Georgia lost, that is to say one of the two Republicans lost. And now you have Kamala Harris breaking the tie. Oh my God. Oh my God. So there, yeah, this is going to be a fun couple of years. So there, so real quick, so I have this on my phone. I don't have my phone with me, but just, I wanted to just crudely illustrate this real, very briefly. I was looking at the graphs for the, for the um, number of votes counted in the Georgia's elections and in both cases, and this is just the same thing with Biden. You have these graphs and there's, you know, they start at 
that you know at zero zero and as time goes on you have republicans slowly starting to lean ahead lean ahead and this is the democratic ticket with this fountain pen right here and then all of a sudden at a certain point it just sharply shoots up until there's more than them and then it starts to level out and it keeps going all the way to the end that happened multiple times in swing states against trump wait did that happen in in georgia as well yep and i the, knew in it. the runoff election yep both candidates both of them for democratic candidates they're the only ones that just sharply shot up just enough just a little like they were losing by a lot and then all of a sudden they're winning by just a little suddenly within the span of like an hour or two and the same thing happened in pennsylvania for example there were six hundred thousand ballots. i kid you not six hundred thousand ballots that were counted in pennsylvania in the span of an hour and a half, right after they closed, um, they said, "Oh, we're closing for the night. Um, we're closing for the night, and uh, we're not. Gonna, we're going to resume counting tomorrow." And it's like, "Okay, so you're allowed to keep election day going, going, going until you have enough votes for Biden to win. So you can just invent, invent, uh, invent ballots, right? You can just invent them. You can create them until you can win." Um, obviously, with with Georgia, you've got a smaller time frame, but that's exactly what happened. So you saw that graph with with Trump, and you saw that graph with um with these two democratic senators because like I, I i knew this i don't know if i said this in the podcast but i said i swear on my no, no i'm not gonna say i'm swearing on my mother's life but like i knew it i knew it that they were going both they were going to be two dems that were going to win i knew they were going to win because if they know they not can get only away one of them won though yeah but only one of them won yeah uh i can't remember which one it was but i thought I, both of them won no it was uh, from what i could tell it was just the um What's the one who's like uh, the minister, so-called? Warnock or something? Warnock. Yeah, I think Warnock's the one who won. And then the other one lost. Georgia. But that still gave him like a 50-50 split in the Senate with, like I said, Kamala Harris breaking the tie. I have to, I have to verify this real quick. But um, And Ostoff wins as well. Oh, wait, he was the other Democratic? Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I stand corrected. Yeah, so Ostoff wins, and Democrats gain control of the Senate, so that's, Republicans are out of power, which, frankly, if this, whoops, let me mute that real quick. I don't know if that played in the video or not, but. Uh, I heard I a just, little something. Yeah, then maybe it was at uh, uh, CNN playing it, but anyway, so, um, yeah, so uh, Ostoff won, and Warnock won as well. Um there let's just look at washington post real quick i want to make sure i have the correct information yep yep ostoff won um at 50.6 percent to purdue's 49.4 and then warnock won 51 percent to loffler's 49 so not by much but they won they won but not by much um i i must have misread something then <laughs> yeah um and as usual, it's just it's concentrated in just like a few blue counties, and that's apparently enough to swing the election, mm -hmm. um, which we've seen a, a much greater trend over um, the last few years. Um, but yeah, I knew I wouldn't. I knew they were going to win. Um, I'm not prophetic, but I'm just like if you look at the pieces in play, you kind of start to realize. So this is what's going on because if you can get away with election fraud and it's working and the stakes are this high, why wouldn't you keep doing this tactic? Like when you're winning, you keep doing the same thing that works if you're winning. Yeah, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. It's exhausting, and it's like great. And it's almost ten o'clock at night. No kidding, right? And you're probably get, getting close to your bedtime. I got off work early, so or late, so. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is, and yeah, you know it's. Well, now that this has happened, now what? Right. <laughs> it's like. Well, I mean, I just love how a lot of. GOP lawmakers, you know, after the shenanigans happened in the Capitol, or uh, to use strong language, and I apologize, but uh, shoveling the ah. back into the horse. Yeah. But, but that's well, the it, thing. It, yeah, I hate to break it, to you, but yeah, the cat's out of the bag. So we're going to need a new strategy. Well, yeah, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it's a it, it's a it's a gut punch, obviously, right? But it's also just mm -hmm. like it's it, it, it's it's certainly a gut punch because I mean, obviously, I used to be 
a lot more libertarian. I didn't really get involved too much in politics, um, but by circumstance and by a lot of re- hitting the brick wall of communism, both a personal experience in college and what I was reading, I'm like, I, I don't, I'm, I'm going to, I'm turning, I turned very quickly into an anti-communist and I'm proud of that. I'm a proud anti-communist. And I really hope that ages well. But I, I genuinely mean that. Um, I never liked communism, for example. I never liked Marxist ideology. And I'm not, I'm not a fan of socialism. And I, I, because, it, because what it leads to, inevitably what it leads to is, and this is probably going to piss some of my friends off, but I love you guys. But it's just, and we, 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 they, they and I have talked about this before, but it's like it, when, when the state's in control of everything, not only is it more inefficient to the point where it's, wasting an enormous amount of money for very little return but it also like why would the state ever give up its power unless it's absolutely prompted to it's a, unless it's like enormous amount of people object to it but then the problem is when you give the state enough power in order to hang on to its power it, it starts use, resorting to uh, sta- uh state funded terrorism and that's the problem and that's and that's the the problem with giving the state so much power so they can just bully every uh you know, every free market thing out of the country, which the free market's the reason why people have jobs. Um, free market is primarily where they draw their taxes from. If nobody, if not enough people are producing, um, the state isn't drawing, um, isn't drawing its, its uh, you know, they can't draw taxes from anything because the state doesn't produce anything. So it's, it's, a, it's a bigger discussion on things, but just like, that's the reason why. So mm-hmm. it, it's, it's disgusting. And just the level of fanaticism of just like, as soon as people hear, not only at college, but just like in general, that if they, if they support Antifa or they support BLM, it's just you post anything that even th- causes any level of a personal reflection or that they have to prove their view. It's like, I don't need to prove it. I just need to attack you and scare you into submission. And unfortunately, it works very oftentimes until until recently. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Beware the 20th if you're a man who uh, holds traditional values. Yeah. I, I was talking with someone the other day and you know, they, he said to expect even a Soviet style crackdown. Now I'm just wondering, is it going to be a Stalin uh, in the style, uh, style of Stalin or are we talking style Khrushchev? <laughs> Which doesn't make all that much of a difference. But yeah. Except when one was a little bit friendlier. Yeah. And by friendly, I mean, instead of it, you, you at least did get a little bit of a trial. Yeah, Khrushchev was, a, was in as the as in the scheme of Soviet dictators was just a little bit. I mean, coming off a of stall and you're like, OK, maybe we just chill out a little bit. The fact that they were able to um, Khrushchev was able to openly criticize Stalin and kind of like step away from him was a big was a really, really big deal. Um, it's Even also though that re- was a secret meeting. Yeah. Um, what's also interesting is that Mao Zedong got heard of it. He, he got wind of Khrushchev criticizing Stalin. And from that point forward, uh, Mao didn't like Khrushchev. And was a, that was a big reason why the Soviets and the Chinese had a strained relationship in the um, sort of like Cold War era. They don't talk about that ever. Um, they were actually prepared, the Chinese were, were digging a massive network of underground concrete bunkers because they were preparing for Russia to invade across the border and also start firing nuclear missiles at their country. But that's never talked about how much um, uh, the tensions between China and uh, uh, Russia were. Um, and they're supposed to be allies because they're, uh, they're both communists for the glorious revolution, when the reality is, is that it's just a bunch of mafia style thugs that just figured out way that hold the institutions of government and figured out a way to uh, terrorize everyone into submitting to them and they just you know can do basically do whatever they want kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah, well, you know i was doing a lot of thought on this and uh now when society starts to crumble like it is starting to now or at least it appears to be one thing that's always kind of brought a smile to my face was you know the church was always there to pick up the pieces. And I think we start, you know, especially for us, for good traditional Christians to start bringing the church more into focus. Like, for example, uh, maybe that's the wrong phrase to use, but uh, 
back in history, there was this concept that was called the cathedral school. It's basically this, you know, you had all these people, they needed an education. Well, they would set up a, uh, well, just a basic school in their local uh, parish community. I'm starting to think we should probably consider bringing that concept back because you know you and I both have been through the public school system and you know what what and we know what happens but uh, when someone goes through there yeah mm -hmm. I mean and, I, and that was that was like almost 10 years ago now yeah when you when you have people that don't have self-esteem I mean who who has self-esteem in high school and college right but um when you don't have self-esteem and you're so afraid of losing your friends, you, you, people who you perceive to be friends, it's like, oh, they'll turn on me, so I better agree with them so I don't lose them. I mean, the reality is that if you if you say something and they they just reject you, right? They're not really your friends, obviously, but when you're really insecure and you're clinging to all this, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm so wrapped up in what they think about me. I'm so wrapped up in getting approval and being loved and adored by all these people. Of course, I'm going to agree with them because, I mean, what does it matter if if I think differently versus like as conservatives and religious people, both in high school and college, there's a target on your head, no matter where you go. And I noticed that mm -hmm. that intensity wrapping up even further. Um, I can't imagine the level of violence is going to happen for conservatives on college campuses, just the uh, abuse they're going to get there. Um, I'm really happy. I got done with my degree, like almost three years ago with my two year degree. And uh, yeah, that's exactly right. I can't imagine going through that. Um, It's tough. It's it's really genuinely tough. Well, yes, but I, I'm talking more among, along the lines of, you know, keeping the tradition alive. Yeah. Because let's face it, the next four years, it's not going to be super friendly. Mm -hmm. We're going to see increased, excuse me, increased um, hostility towards uh, any any traditional Christian, and which is which is hard to fathom. So uh, we're just gonna focus on keeping that tradition alive for better times. Yeah, yeah. Well, I still remember the quote Carl or the uh, statement Carl Benjamin made on Twitter when I or uh, I'm sorry, it was Parler, Parler. which just got banned. <laughs> of course, actually, got, no, you you can still access Parler. You either have to go through DuckDuckGo or just type in the URL. But yeah, I um Google. I've tried to get on there. I can't get it through there. Um, I, I the funny thing, I had Parler installed four days ago, and I like I need a break, so I deleted it. And then what's like, oh my gosh, Capital stuff. I better go reinstall it, and it's off the App Store. I'm like, oh crap. And so I downloaded an APK file. I'm like, okay, Parler, and I got that on, and it needs some kind of Google update. So I'm like, okay, great. Now I still can't be on Parler, even though that I have the app. Um, so they're trying to keep you off, people off of off Parler. But um, he said, yeah, Carl J Benjamin said that on Parler. And he said that, you know, it's the Catholics that are, you know, the, keeping the, not just the traditions of Aristotle alive, but like, this is the light of Western civilization. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that the Catholic church in general has always been like the most, like, you know, is morally blameless. I won't say that, but um, for what it, it's been very heavily criticized, but, and perhaps in some ways, many ways, rightly so. But at the same time, it's like, there's been an enormous amount of good that's been preserved in the Catholic church. And there's a reason why these, that, why the sort of whole religious framework um, has been alive for what, almost 2000 years. Um, when was the Catholic church, church like technically found? Like, I know the church uh, says that Peter was the first Pope, but like, when was it like, uh, like officially, like sort of like the, the church of Rome sort of first established? Well, if you want to go off of that sort of technicality, um, I guess you could argue when Peter moved his see to Rome mm -hmm. is when it... The, oops! <laughs> Did you spill something? No, I dropped my mic. Uh, <laughs> Mike drops his mic. Exactly. Instant uh, replay. <laughs> but yeah, what? Uh, I can't remember what year it was, but at some point, <clears throat> Peter moved his see from... Uh, or his chair from... Antioch to Rome, and that's mm -hmm. where he stayed, and obviously was martyred. And 
ever since his successor has been the Bishop of Rome, mm. going to Linus, and then, oh, goodness, who came after Linus? Was it Cletus? I don't remember, but yeah, and so on and so forth until you get Francis of uh, Francis the first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that that's why pretty much the Catholic Church is based in Rome. Okay, that makes sense because I know that I know that there's there's kind of a perspective in Protestantism that I kind of grew up with is that um, you know you've got this that there was the the Catholic there's this, obviously there's a few and for you know historical reasons that the Catholic Church is, for example, is this fairly evil institution that's oppressive and controls people and is, uh, you know, moral authoritarians um, and acts as a sort of like amoeba that's pretending to be connected with the body of Christ and it isn't. And there's this attitude, and I'm not necessarily saying one word or the other, there's kind of the attitude. I, I was my understanding years ago that, um, uh, what's the phrase? that it was the Catholic Church that sort of came around after the fall of Rome that kind of stepped into the power vacuum of Rome collapsing and sort of became this big uh, religious uh, monarchy sort of in a lot of ways. But um, it definitely doesn't sound like the Catholics necessarily, a lot of Catholics don't see it that way. Is that correct? Yeah, that's pretty much correct. Uh, if the Catholic Church did step in, it was to preserve the culture mm-hmm. and you know, just keep things running. It wasn't to you know, shove this you know, new doctrine down people's throats, as a lot of people will say. Right. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we should we should have a bigger discussion on the differences between Catholicism and Protestantism. That'd be a lot of fun. That'll be a pretty big show. We could break it up. We could, you know, we could do a segment and Bleep Masters, obviously, because <laughs> that's the name of the Discord now. It's not whatever Masters. You know what it was, guys. Um, it's not Bleep Masters. <laughs> That's even better. But um, th- yeah, we love you guys so much. You know, given the sound I usually use, they should have named it Quack Masters. <laughs> Quack Masters. <laughs> Spike's in there like, all right, we're gonna change it. We're gonna Um, but we could do like a segment. Um, if you know, we could keep doing political discussion, obviously, but we could also start to kind of get more into like differences between Catholicism and protestantism and we can that's another thing we actually need to work on because you know this is not the time to be at each other's throats over transubstantiation versus constant uh, consubstantiation wow (laughs) can't i just say one in being um why'd you have to go and make me so consubstantiated Oh, for heaven's sakes, Banks. I might have to go and get my papal evacuated. I can't breathe. JJ. I can't see. <laughs> I'm combining a Weird Al song. Anyway. <laughs> Half a seat for evacuated. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but that'd be fun. We could do that if there's interest in it. We could definitely do that. Um, um, to kind of to briefly kind of to swing it back into a little bit with a capital so if i kind of want to just mention a couple sources real quick so you guys kind of know that i'm not pulling this out of my butt um i wanted to mention this real quick and then we can kind of go on to other things if we still have time um a couple points was that that may, may that, that uh you know our audience may not be aware of is uh what what what, what it, that contradicts the main the main narrative that when trump uh with the capital protest riots or storming stormtroopers when they uh when this was going on the way that the narrative has been doing is that trump incited them he riled them up encouraged calls to violence to them to do all this damage and the police pushed them back trump is a threat to uh the union and to our democracy whatever that means um that's that's a new phrase that's uh being thrown around um last four or five years but um no uh not this is only longer than that but anyway my whole point is that he he uh during the protest riots slash riots um he publicly condemned them multiple times on twitter and twitter deleted all of his tweets on that and he also released a video where he said i i you know hey i know we're upset but we have to be orderly um go home in peace just stop fighting stop breaking stuff let's calm down so he publicly condemned it multiple times of the violence and um, yeah, Twitter censored him, Facebook banned him. Twi- then, then Twitter's first Twitter said, uh, if you don't delete those three tweets that we deleted Trump, you better delete them. If you don't, then you're banned permanently. He deleted them and then they banned him anyways. So th- they banned the president of the United States. Um, Trump went on to his 
um, official POTUS account and got a bunch of a uh, couple lines out talking about it. And then they banned him and they uh, deleted those in three minutes. And so he's off Twitter. He's off YouTube. He's off. Um, I think YouTube banned him and Snapchat. He's off Twitch. He's off Facebook for sure. So they're just kind of unpersoned him. Um, they got rid of him fast. They got rid of him really, really fast. Trump had a Twitch account. I don't think he used it, but he had one. Um, I read an article today or just tail end right before we we're about to shoot that apparently Amazon um, banned. They banned something that had to do with Parler. So Parler has to like, um, there's something that they had some kind of integration with Parler. So first they went for Trump and then they're going to straight for Parler because Parler is the best Twitter substitute, which Trump did join Parler recently. Um, and do you know what his, his Parler, ha- his uh, name on uh, Parler is? What? It's not real Donald Trump. It's the official POTUS. <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. Um, but yeah, he told the protesters to go home. Um, and then here's something interesting that we didn't talk about before the show that uh, Haley and I briefly talked about this afternoon or this uh, evening before we, a few hours ago. So I've always kind of mentioned all the stuff with Trump, um, but what didn't mention is a couple interesting tidbits. So Mike, were you aware that Pelosi asked the Pentagon to conduct a military coup against Trump? Um, I am not aware of any sort of reporting on this. I would have to see the evidence. That's why I printed this out. Well, I need more than just a pixelated picture on a screen. All right. So this is the New York Times. I I don't know if the image is reversed, but I'm going to read this to you. And to verify this as well, uh, Tim Pool. So if you go onto YouTube and do Tim Cast, it is his second video he posted today on 1921. If he still has a YouTube by the, or this video by the time you watch this. Um, but he said that he said this, and then this is a New York Times article. So I didn't just type this up in my um, word processor. This is actual New York Times article. So they said, quote, Pelosi pressed Pentagon on safeguards to prevent Trump from ordering military action. So you think, oh, well, that's not so bad. She's just asking the Pentagon to step in in case Trump does something crazy with the military. Well, let me read you a couple tidbits and then the story kind of changes a little bit. In a phone call to the chairman uh, of the Pentagon, General Mark A. Uh, Milley, uh, Ms. Pelosi appeared to be to be seeking to have the Pentagon leadership essentially remove Trump from his authorities as commander in chief. That could be accomplished by ignoring the president's orders or by showing them by questioning whether they were issued legally. Um, General Milley appears to have made no commitments um, as it's noted that it's unconstitutional to divide legal orders from the commander in chief. But some defense department officials, excuse me, clearly resented being asked to act outside of the legal authority of the 25th Amendment. Basically, they don't want to step in. Continuing, uh, they cannot remove the president from the chain of command. That would amount to a military coup, the the officials said. Um, But two former administration officials with close ties to the national security establishment said they'd seen signs of mince... they had seen signs of Trump saying, you know, maybe they could move towards military action or not. But um, Pelosi said she asked General Milley about available precautions for preventing an unstable president from initiating military hostilities or accessing launch codes and ordering a nuclear strike. Um, she said that the president's unhinged and we can't trust him. Um, but they basically said we're not able to do that because if we took him out of office, that would be essentially a military coup. So she's basically under the hypothetical that Speaker Pelosi appears to be imagining, insisting that the order came through regular channels and not the president calling his iPhones would feel like resisting an order, but actually persisting on legal, it would be legal. So anyway, the whole thing, what they're saying is they're trying to frame this like, oh, Pelosi's not crazy. She's not nuts. She's acting in her legal rights. She's just taking a precaution. But really what she's asking them to do is basically, I'm going to give you the justification if I give you, if there's enough justification, could you remove them out of office? And they said they wouldn't be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really, really interesting because it also sounds like something that Pelosi would do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a little chilling. Yeah. She's um, one of two people. I wish that uh, the, uh, our papal primate who, whose name escapes me. I don't know who the current primate of America is. 
but I really is wish it Harambe? you would. It is, is not it... Harambe. <laughs> the papal. <laughs> Let me put it this way: the papal nuncio. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> I wish that there are two Catholics in this nation. I wish would be excommunicated. Pelosi is one of them. She's Catholic. Yikes. Regrettably. Regrettably. Uh, she's apostate. Let me put it that mm. way. She's a. Yes. <laughs> yes, she is. Um, and would you like to take a guess at who the second one is? Is it Nancy Drew? Who the? <laughs> <laughs> she's a book character. No, I was going to say, I... isn't she a book character? Yeah, she is. Uh, is it Richard Simmons? No, is it? I'm going to guess Chuck Schumer. Well, if he's Catholic, I've never heard of it. I don't think he is, but Biden. Oh, that's right. Isn't he Catholic? Ooh. Yes, I, I'd like to pull up my catechism on those two. Uh please do. Well, I can't. Well, not right uh, now, but maybe we should. Do, do you remember the trouble I had getting to one of them the last time? You know, oh we oh. I don't know. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> wizard of oz dude that's from wizard of oz yeah i, re I remember you in uh civil air patrol years ago going Musta. i remember that so when i hear oh i'm just like Musta. <laughs> he's, he's blushing over here <laughs> i'm not blushing you're embarrassed you're like oh god 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 anyway but um uh, speaking of Chuck Schumer, brief aside, uh, related to Amy Schumer, who is probably one of the least funny women on the whole planet. And that is a objective scientific statement based on my extensive credentials and long list of, of college education. So <laughs> instead of watching, instead of watching a Amy Schumer special and ask and saying how long, like how much did I laugh during it? You're gonna say how long does it take for her to actually like actually get you to laugh? Mm -hmm. and it's like wow, it's just like 20, 35 minutes into the special, and I still haven't cracked a laugh. That's like, ugh, this is just trying so freaking hard. Anyway, but anyway, getting back to um, Catholics, we don't like. Um, just <laughs> just oh, I've got a list. <laughs> I've got. I've, he's got a list, and he's checking it twice to huh. see who passed catechism. Uh, naughty, not or nice. Michael Claus is coming to town. You know, it's funny. You started that, and I was actually thinking of the Mikado. Mikado. Yeah. Uh, sounds like no. sounds like a cocktail. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's a play by Gilbert and Chesterton, or not Gilbert and Chesterton. Oh my God. <laughs> Gilbert and G.K. Chesterton wrote a play. Gilbert, Gilbert and, and, Su Sullivan. and Sullivan. There you go. Yeah, it's um, either a musical or an opera. Either way. I am the very model of a modern major general. Da, yeah, da, that's da, one. Da, da. That's one of their bits. But I was thinking of the uh, the the other half of Behold the Lord High Executioner. <laughs> Part of which you could see our, in our intro, actually. Uh, really, yeah. I I always I wondered about that because I watched your intro and I'm like I like what's kind of being flashed on, but, but I'm thinking like I don't know what most of this stuff is. I see my face and I see Mike's face, and that's about all I know. <laughs> but you know, you you got that colorful scene. Yeah. In, it, when, when I list culture, it's got mm -hmm. those men sort of walking around in sort of a circle. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's from the Mikado. Oh, cool. Mm -hmm. And that's actually the song starts the song, "Behold the Lord High Executioner." I was way off key there. Uh, That's not too terribly bad. I mean, Bleep Masters will tell us, but <laughs> Gigabud, Gigglebud says, quote, it was pretty bad. 10 out of 10 would not watch, would not recommend. <laughs> There's this, okay. I'm, fair warning, you're to bleep this out. One of the guys, uh, I think it was Zianon who posted this. I know your real name. I'm, try I'm trying to avoid your real name uh, if possible. But he's like, he says in chat, he says, uh, uh, he says, Groovy, play enormous people in the song. And then Groovy says, sorry, you have to be connected to a voice channel to play that song. And then, and then he's just like, Groovy. <laughs> I cried the 
I'm so hard. I clapped. I laughed. I cried. It moved me, Mike. I knew you were going to make that reference. <laughs> I laugh. <laughs> make more Larry Boy references to Veggie Tales. Keep Veggie. Hashtag make Veggie Tales great again. <laughs> <laughs> Not that monstrosity they got now. Oh, okay, may- maybe maybe next year for uh, the 2024 election, we can run Mr. Nezer as the Republican uh, president. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mr. Nezer, your rebuttal, please. The bunny, the bunny. Ooh, I love the bunny. Yes, you got to do about the economy. I ain't got a suit or a rock, just a bunny. And all the Bernie bros are like, I clapped, I clapped, I love free chocolate. (laughs) Yes, indeed, because using the power of the magic bean, I created and consumed in the span of 45 minutes a 200 pound marshmallow peep. That's great. Anyway, we can have Veggie Tales. Go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, just to sort of, uh, as Anthony Bryan Logan would say, then I wrap it on up, put a nice bow on top. Uh, There's no punchline. It's just. And as I was going to say earlier, you know, especially for traditional Christians, this is not the time to be arguing over theological differences. What? what was that? We're not. No. Oh. Uh, let me let me put it this way. I start discussing uh, discussing um, transubstantiation. <laughs> you start discussing, and then you hit me back with a sex uh, joke. <laughs> Let's face it. Let's face it. We're not going to talk doctrine. We're probably going to talk about what we agree on and maybe make like a couple of exactly. each other. Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. You know, this is, we, we should be focusing what brings us together because it could quite literally be a gun pointing at the back of our heads in the next couple of years. Yeah. Or and maybe not, not necessarily saying that's going to be the government's gun, but yeah. Speaking of, I, I'm kind of wondering how long, we, I wonder if we should have like a little bet, like bet five bucks or something like that. See how long it takes for Biden to actually um, start talking about gun control, repealing the second amendment. Like I'd give it. Two minutes. You give it two minutes. I'm going to give it maybe three months, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I have a feeling it's going to be in his opening monologue. Yeah. Um, what I really wonder is how genuinely coherent the guy is, if it's an act or if he's actually, is de- I, I think he genuinely does have dementia, but like, I kind of wonder how coher- coherent he actually is. Um, but my, uh, my whole point is like, I bet we're going to see a violation of freedom of speech. That's going to be a big one. Uh, we're going to see a violation of, uh, get rid of freedom of speech, a uh, gun control, uh, privacy. And there's a fourth one I wrote down. They're probably going to go for, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they went after freedom of religion too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, the way it plays out in my mind is, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they just sort of came up with their own translation of the Bible. I, I call it the togetherness translation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it does, uh, it translates, for example, uh, judge not lest you be judged and then just leaves it at that. Yeah. That's a whole. That's a whole book. No, I think they're going to replace. I, I kind of. I think they're going to replace it more with Marxist ideology. Like they're not even going to engage in Christianity. It's like Christianity doesn't exist. Never happened. They're going to go after churches. I think subtly, and I think they're going to try to replace Christianity with that Marxist fervor. Just enough momentum to keep the hammer on. A lot of state-funded terrorism. Um, I think what what thing we're also going to see is I think we're going to see a lot of police officers and videos of police coming to people's homes, of. I hope P- Americans don't do this because it's really, it's up to you. It's really up to the individual at this point if you're going to rat and snitch out your neighbor. But I think as people get more economically desperate and the government starts putting bounties on people saying, hey, if they're not wearing a mask, we'll go up to their house and then we'll, uh, uh, here's the bounty for them. And then we're going to go and we're going to go remove them from the home or arrest them or take them out of the home because they're not wearing a mask or they're not buying by the lockdown rules. That's something I think they're going to do. They're going to really, really hammer how dangerous coronavirus is. Um, they're going to blow it so extremely out of proportion and they're going to justify um, as much state lockdowns and killing of businesses as they can. And pull a waltz. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember this, but you know, 
when churches were allowed to reopen, I think the cap was 10 people when the churches were allowed to reopen. It, and Archbishop Hebda, who's the Archbishop for Minneapolis, St. Paul, he straight up said that he was going to defy that order. Good on him. Yeah. As a, yeah, finally a bishop who's got balls. Yeah, like Minneapolis, St. Paul, like right at the heart of like high corruption liberal city. Like good on him, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Oh, I wish I was still living in Minneapolis sometimes because that that's a bishop. He said, you you know, my authority comes from God. You're not going to tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. That's now, fine. now I will exercise some precautions and prudence. But yeah, you know but, what's um? Sorry, go ahead. I was about to say we are sort of running low on time though, so we should probably. So uh, I'll, so I, I've got two more sources I want to just show real quick here, and this is mirrored, um, but I'll show you where you can find this too. Um, one thing I wanted to mention because I just want, I wanted to get all get to all these sources. Um, this is something really chilling that Antifa had said, and we'll talk about kind of the protests here in a second, but Antifa had said, and I'm going to pull this up and I want to quote it verbatim, what was said here. I'm going to minimize this. Um, oh, got it right here. Fantastic. Okay. I wanted to read, and this is, this is something Haley was kind of mentioning to me too. This is like extremely chilling. So this is to quote uh, a tweet. Tim Pool shared this on Twitter as well. And he said, he said, uh, it's called, so it's called People for Bernie is the Twitter account that posted this at People for Bernie. And it said, quote, you're either Antifa or pro-fascism. There is no middle ground. The question today isn't which side are you on? That question has already been answered. We know who sided with fascism. Don't let them escape it. And as a reply, you had a guy saying commu- uh, the Twitter account communism elegiac said, F yeah, let's go. So it's at the point now where it's like, if you do not ally yourself with the communist party, if you do not ally with them, then you are an enemy and you're therefore a Trump supporter or you are, we've heard this for years, is that you're if a you don't- Right. Yeah, a kulak. Yeah, um, or a kulak. It, I I always think there's an R in there, but there isn't. Yeah, or a Cossack. You know, that's what it is. Um, no, Cossack is the cavalry. A co- but the Cossacks were also um, most. I, most I, I, I gotta look were. this up. Yeah, um, it was because there's a persecuted group in Russia. I thought they were. I thought they were Cossacks. Were the ones that it was. It was. It was the cavalry, but it was. Um, anyway, well, we should look that up. But anyway, the whole point of the whole thing but is the that, one I was trying to say was kulak. Kulak. Okay. I should, we should, yeah, I should look this up, but I, I know what you mean though. It, it, it's a, it's a persecuted minority in, um, in Russia and the Soviet Union. But anyway, the whole point I'm making is yeah, that Ukrainians, um, yeah, Ukra- <laughs> yeah, ironically, right. Um, that the whole point of it is that put it this way. We've been heard for years that if you don't support feminism, you're there or support feminists, you are there, you are part of the problem, right? Or you say you are just corrupted by the patriarchy or that if you don't support black lives matter as a black person, you're an uncle Tom. If you're a white person, you're just guilty by default. Mm-hmm. And we've heard this over and over again, this rhetoric that if you do not ally with yourself, you are guilty if, because you're enabling them because you're not standing against them. You're enabling them. We've heard this, but now you're putting it in more specific violent terms. We're basically saying you're a fascist. If you don't agree, you're a fascist. If you literally do not side with us. So we're going to scare you into supporting us. We're going to scare you for, um, into agreeing with us, we're going to scare you into submitting to us. Otherwise, we will have the full weight of our organization bear down on your shoulders. And it's a fear tactic. It's this illusion of powers. It's this illusion of if we'll do this, it'll work. But the second thing I was going to share, and this ties in, this is the ties into the second thing I was going to share, was this. Um, and this I got from Infowars.com, where they had just this little sheet, and I believe it's uh, in the video. It looks like it's mirrored. I hope it's not mirrored in the in the record in the when you guys are looking at it. Um, and I don't know if I can switch that, but anyway, I'm just going to quote it for you because this is a printout from the site. So quote, so the whole page says your, your outrage is manufactured. And so on the one side, you've got BLM riots, 
which is says right or left-wing violence. And the other side, you've got the capital riot, which is right-wing violence. So I'm gonna compare and contrast these. So quote, BLM, lasts of seven months. Capital riot, lasts of several hours. BLM, condemned mostly by Republicans. Capital, condemned by all Republicans and Democrats. BLM, encouraged by media and politicians, including Jacob Fry and numerous Minneapolis city officials. Capital riot, encouraged only by fringe political groups. BLM, police force used. Capital riot, police force used. BLM riots, 20 people shot dead among numerous casualties and injuries. Several black people and eight-year-old children, in one case, an eight-year-old child was shot by them too, or in seriously wounded and many others. Capital riot, one shot dead. BLM, 700 officers injured. Capital riot, 14 officers injured. BLM, 150 plus federal buildings damaged or destroyed. Capital riot, one federal building damaged. BLM riots, hundreds of small businesses destroyed. Specifically in Minneapolis, I believe there was about 130 buildings that were burned down. Um, and it was, a, was conducted by Antifa and BLM. Capital riot, no built, no, no small businesses destroyed. There's no outrage for BLM riots, but there's nationwide outrage for the Capitol riot. Um, and then one thing that ties into the last and final source is that law enforcement, so quote, law enforcement claimed with video evidence to back it up. So this isn't just like, oh, well, there's extremists, right? Video evidence to back it up. Antifa embedded itself with the MAGA crowd during the Washington March to cause chaos and discredit pre uh, President Trump's movements, uh, movement. And this is the chilling thing here. New York Post confirms our suspicions. Antifa added to the insurgency of the Capitol by provoking Trump supporters. In a New York Post uh, law enforcement source in an article that has been since deleted and it's way back machine source scrubbed so you can't even look at the article now. It said two known Antifa members were spotted in the throngs of pro-Trump protesters and more are emerging as we speak. Um, and, it and it believes that the source claims that left-wing agitators described them, disguised themselves as Trump supporters, but were spotted in surveillance footage by police who recognized the individuals for participating in New York City protests. A known BL, yeah, Andy No, for example, who's uh, committed to exposing a lot of these Antifa people who has a death, uh, basically a death mark on his head for doing this by them. Mm -hmm. um, he pointed this out as well. Um, uh, they reported that a, a BLM, quote unquote, Utah Desert News, uh, Deseret News by mistake, uh, reported that the BLM air quotes journalist, John Sullivan, claims he entered the Capitol during the rally only to document the event, but his, his own videos show him encouraging others as they rioted. So, and what's also said is that these people were that were causing damage, a lot of these Trump supporters were either, like one, there's one video of one, one particular guy who took out a club and was starting to beat one of the windows in, and one of the Trump supporters, someone was yelling Antifa, Antifa. And this one other, this Trump supporter came up and grabbed him and pinned him down, preventing him from doing that damage. And there's other videos of people saying, this guy's Antifa, this guy's Antifa. So the question is, okay, well, there's evidence, there's actual evidence emerging Antifa was there. It's not like, oh, white supremacists took over BLM and started causing all this damage. It's like, okay, we have actual evidence of Antifa being there right now. It's not just saying, oh, one side's this thing, trying to excuse the violence and saying it's someone else. And oh, one side's saying the other. No, we have actual evidence for this. We have actual evidence for it. And so that's the key. And the final point is that Obviously, I'm not trying to excuse Trump supporters. If they actually cause violence, you know, I, I obviously condemn that. But my whole point is that it seemed like it was very orderly in comparison to a lot of other protests of all these things bubbling. Not that I'm saying it was a good idea, but in the comparison, why is it that Trump supporters are held to this enormously high, almost impossible to meet standard, right? And BLM gets to like burn cities to the ground in some cases in certain parts of them and rampage through weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. I mean, just to give you an example, you may not be aware of this, Tim Pool is reporting on this, Portland and I believe Seattle, but Portland had an uninterrupted, like I think over six, I think it was about into the 80 days of perpetual riots and violence in the streets. So it's not just a double standard. Um, it's, if, if it is true that Antifa was the one doing the damage, it, I mean, it discredited the Trump movement for sure, but it also kind of begs the question, if Antifa was there 
and all these social media companies are moving so quickly. Why does it seem like it's so quick and coordinated? It's almost like they were preparing just for their moment. Like you'd said, it's almost like they're preparing for their moment to just strike. And then there, there's all the venom, all the whole veneers off. It's authoritarian Marxism and you will be clamped down on and they'll just outright ban you at this point, which we knew has been coming for, for years and seems like it's here now. Indeed. And sadly, we are starting to run out of time. So do you have a book quote? I don't have a book quote, but I've got a George Washington quote. All right. Well, Mr. Banks, your George Washington quote, please. Quote, and this is from AZ quotes, quote, if, but if the laws are to be so trampled upon with impunity and a minority is to dictate to the majority, then there is an end put at one stroke to Republican government and nothing but anarchy and confusion is to be expected thereafter. Yep. Nail right on the head and actually left me speechless, which as my sister will confirm is a rarity. Uh, but uh, would like to go on, but we are sadly out of time, so. Thank you, everybody, for watching. Hope you have a good day, and God bless. Are you not going to say a spiel? God bless the United States of America. Indeed. And, oh, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. And yeah, if you must, leave a comment. Uh, Please do. We're probably, we, we don't know how long we have on YouTube and social media. So the more you can spread us around, we appreciate it. But we, I believe as time is going to go on, we're going to try to branch more into Rumble and Parlor primarily, but we'll still be sharing the uh, links to our videos in Discord as well. So thanks for watching and thanks for uh, giving us a show because without you guys, we would not be here at all. Indeed. So without further ado, God love you. Good night. Pox at Bonum! Hey folks, if you liked what you saw, be sure to follow us on Facebook and now on Parlor. God bless.